It is my joy to welcome you to today's podcast. Our prayer is that the Lord will minister to you in a special way during our time together. I always love to start my session by, by sharing a humor. I heard the story of a, of a man who jumped the traffic signal, you know, a red light, and seeing him, five people jumped the signal right behind him, one after another. The cops were standing on the other side. They let the first man go, but they caught hold of the five and issued challenge to them. These five were not very happy. They went to the inspector and said, this is not fair. I said, why did you leave that first man? And the inspector said, well, he's our marketing staff. You know, he's going to come back again and he's going to jump the signal. And we get to have four or five people like you again jump the signal. Oh, it happens only in Hyderabad, I guess. Within a month, we will be coming to our Good Friday Easter and we're looking forward to that. So I'm going to be sharing something that is as we plan towards the Good Friday Easter. I want to speak to you about the death, the burial and resurrection. Are you okay with it? The death, the burial, and resurrection of who? Of who? Not really. It's the death, the burial, and resurrection of Lazarus. And it happened a few days before the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. So I've entitled message, the raising of Lazarus. The raising of Lazarus. I heard another story of an elderly couple who met with an accident, a serious accident, car accident. They died instantly and they went to heaven. Of course, Peter recognized him, showed him the pearly gates and they welcomed, went to the welcome booth. Oh, these people were flabbergasted. They just were excited. They were standing in awe of heaven. And then Peter led him to the area where there were a buffet, lots of food. The man, of course, he had some health issues So Peter looked at him and said, listen, you're in heaven. No more worrying about health. Nobody is sick here. Eat all you can. He gave a smile to his wife, went to the, straight away went to the dessert section, started eating the pastries and the ice cream, all the stuff he couldn't have for the last 15, 20 years. And after, the wife was just excited about the heavens. And after some time, he looked a little angry at his wife. She came to over to, says, what's the matter? I looked at this. You know, he says, you and your stupid diet food and the sugar-free cookies and all of that, if you had not been so strict, I would have been here 15 years ago. (laughs) There's a little bit of Lazarus in every one of us. We face a situation that is beyond us. And we see what happened to these three friends, these three, these three siblings, how God, their, they got their miracle when all hope was gone. And I'm going to talk about how you can expect your miracle when all hope is gone. I'm sharing from John chapter 11, verse 1 to 45, and I will not be reading the whole passage. John 11, 11 verse 1. Now a man named Lazarus was sick. He was from Bethany, the village of Mary and her sister, Martha. Verse 3. So the sister sent word to Jesus, Lord, the one you love is sick. When he heard this, Jesus said, this sickness will not end in death. No, it is for God's glory so that God's son may be glorified through it. 
Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. Everybody say, Jesus loved. Louder. Jesus loved. So when he heard that Lazarus was sick, he stayed where he was for two more days. Everybody say, Jesus loved. So he stayed. One more time. Jesus loved. So he stayed. Now it doesn't make sense. If I'm in trouble and I call up Pastor Milton or Pastor you and say, listen, I'm in trouble, can you come? I would expect them to either call or come or they, will, they have a whole gang with them. They at least send one of the gang people. Hey, listen, one of, the, one of the, please go help. But if I don't see them for two days, I'm going to be worried. What happened? When you expect a miracle and it doesn't come, Jesus loved, so he stayed two more days. It, it actually disturbs the theology you and I are used to. We have not heard that Jesus can delay. But friends, he did. Let me go on. The miracle of raising Lazarus from the dead is a very significant one, and it is only found in the gospel according to John. It happened a few days before our Lord's own arrest, trial, and crucifixion. John records seven miracles and seven I am statements. He talks about the, the miracle seven, turning water into wine, healing an official son in Capernaum, healing an invalid at the pool of Bethesda, feeding the 5,000 near the Sea of Galilee, walking on the water of the Sea of Galilee, healing a blind man in Jerusalem, and finally raising dead Lazarus back to life in Bethany. Why did John write these miracles? John 20 and verse 20, 30 and 31 says, Jesus performed many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not recorded in this book. But these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that be believing you may have life in his name. The reason John wrote this is that people may believe, people will recognize he is the Messiah. He is God's son. And by believing, you have life in his name. Luke 10, verse 38 to 42, gives a glimpse of the home of Martha, Mary, and Lazarus. Verse 32, as Jesus' disciples were on the way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparation that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do all the work by myself? Please tell her to help me. Ladies, do you feel like that? You're working. Sometimes you have a job. Sometimes you're working in the home. Oh, God, please wake up my husband. He'll come and help me. Some of you are smiling at me. Ladies, do you ever feel like Martha? Yes? How many of you feel like Martha? You have a lot of work. Yeah, some of you feel like that. Hey, hey guys, I need to tell you this. If you find, this is for the bachelors, okay? If you find a young lady who can cook, marry her. <laughs> this is a rare the rare thing nowadays. Ladies know how to work. I ask when they come for counseling, I say, can you cook? Uh, I can cook two-minute noodle. You know, the guy cannot have two-minute noodle all his life. I can boil an egg. I know. 
if you find a lady who can cook chicken biryani, marry her. It's important. Are you getting me? Martha was a good cook. Martha, Martha, the Lord said, you are worried and upset about many things. I'm sure he said the same thing to many ladies today. But few things are needed or need, indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better. It will not be taken away from her. Listen, I want to talk about the Lord and his friends. All of us have heard about Mary, Martha, and Lazarus. These three siblings were close to our Lord Jesus Christ. They were staying in a little town called Bethany, about two kilometers away from Jerusalem. Jesus and his disciples would come to their home. They welcomed him gladly. He loved them. They loved him. They served him. Martha was a good cook. He even taught there. Mary would sit at his feet, listening to what he had to say. They provided hospitality, food, shelter, enjoy the company. Every church has these three kinds of people. Martha is a worker. Mary is a worshiper. And Lazarus is a witness. Martha, she loved to work. She was given to hospitality. She took care of the physical needs of the people. She would cook. She will feed. Everybody loved Martha. There's a bit of Martha in many of the Indian ladies. Would you say amen to that? Don't you love to cook? Don't you love to feed? I know that because I have been to many of your homes. And when I come to your home, most of the time I don't see the lady. The man is sitting and she's busy cooking more recipes. More, you know, more curries. Because when I come and they have a dinner, they feed me. The way they show love to pastors or to others is by feeding. Guys, uh, people, if I look different on Sunday, remember I was loved dearly that previous week. <laughs> Amen. I, I mean, people just love me. How? By the, Pastor, please, one more leg piece. One more. And it keeps on. Actually, I come to here and say, please, please have mercy on me. Sometimes when I have so much food, I have to fast the next two days to get that digested. Listen, people show love. We have, Mary is a worshiper. You'll always find Mary at the feet of Jesus. There are three instances we find Mary. And every time she's at the feet of Jesus. She's listening to the word or she's pouring perfume and wiping the feet. She's at the feet of Jesus. Lazarus. Lazarus was the only brother. He's a witness. He was loved by his sisters. We suppose he was the provider as the only man in the house. He was a breadwinner. He was the strength. He was the support. He was the only provider. He was the only brother. He was a protector. And then he experienced death, burial, and resurrection. Now he testifies to what it means to have a life after he was raised. We don't know much about their parents. Perhaps they were in another town or another village. Or perhaps they were no more. So Jesus... The key, I want you to know, the key to miracles is a relationship. Everybody say relationship. You know, many people don't, may not have a relationship with God, but they expect God to come through. The question, why? You don't talk to him, you don't read the word, you don't come to church, you don't, I'm not talking about you, there are somebody. But when it comes to a prayer, we want God to answer the prayer. Listen, miracles will come to anybody 
who is connected, amen, if you believe, if you ask, if you trust, it will happen. What happens when one of you, when the one you love goes through trouble? A man named Lazarus was sick. He was from Bethany, and his sister sent word, Lord, the one you love is sick. Everybody say, the one you love is sick. Now, that doesn't make sense. You've heard many messages on TV and preachers say, if you love the Lord, you will never be sick. Now, that's not in the scripture. Amen? The one you love is sick. Here, Lazarus became sick. The one Jesus loved became sick. I want to ask you, do you go through sickness? Anybody here been through sickness? Yes? Do you love Jesus? Does Jesus love you? And you've been through sickness? Ah, well, Lazarus did too. People who love the Lord sometimes go through sickness. They go through pain. They go through a certain degree of challenges. They go through trouble. Problems come, sicknesses come, trouble come. But the good news is the Lord is with you. He promised never to leave, never to forsake. I want you to notice how Jesus responded to Lazarus' sickness. When he heard this, Jesus said, this sickness will not end in death. Well, did Lazarus die? Did Lazarus die? Yes. But Jesus is saying, this sickness will not, it does not, he did not say this sickness will not pass through death. He says it will not end in death. That means that's not the end. Because he rose again. But it is for God's glory, so God's son will be glorified. Now, verse five. Now, Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. So, when he heard that Lazarus was sick, he stayed where he was two more days. He loved, so he stayed. Lazarus is seriously ill. They send word. Now, those days, there is no SMS. There's no WhatsApp. There's no phone. What do they do? They call one of the young men and say, hey, can you go find Jesus? He's in this place. He'd probably be preaching or healing this. Just go and tell him the one you love is sick. So hurry. Just imagine with me, the messenger goes, probably he took a day or so, and then he's coming back. When he's coming back, Martha and Mary are looking at him because they were expecting him to go and bring Jesus with him. And he's coming back alone. And they are looking and saying, where is Jesus? Oh, well, he didn't come. Well, where is he? He said he will come. Can, can you imagine the frustration? Can you imagine the agony? The one you expect to be there is not there. The one you expect to come hasn't come. When there is a divine delay, how do you handle it? I want to ask you, church, have you prayed to the Lord and there has been a delay in getting your answers? Let me see your hands. Okay, I'm preaching to the right crowd. Have you had to wait for a longer period of time for your miracle? Here Jesus didn't come when Lazarus is sick. 
Jesus didn't come when Lazarus got serious. Jesus didn't come the day Lazarus died. Jesus is somewhere on purpose, delayed. We don't understand it. And this is where people of God struggle in their theology. Why is there a divine delay when we need a miracle urgently? Why did Abraham and Sarah have to wait 25 years when God said you will get one? Why did Isaac and Rebekah have to wait 20 years to see a son? Why did Jacob and his wife wait to see a son? Why did Hannah have to wait to see little Samuel? Why did Zachariah and Elizabeth have to wait? How do you handle a divine delay? Philip Brooks mentioned it this way. The trouble I have is this. I am in a hurry and God isn't. The trouble is that I am in a hurry, but God isn't. Does he love me when he doesn't come when I want him to? Does he love me when he doesn't do what I expect him to do? Does he love me when I'm going through the valley of the shadow of death? The real question is this. Do I love him? Do I trust him when he doesn't show up, when he doesn't come, when I need him the most? Can you trust him when you don't understand? Can you trust him when you expect a miracle? You are just outside the ICU. You are on the deathbed. You are going through a financial crisis. You have to pay the mortgage. Somebody is going to take your house. You don't see a miracle. Can you still love him or trust? How many of you will say, man, I don't trust this. I'm going to walk away. You know, some people have walked away. They have not waited for four days after the tomb. They just buried and walked away from faith. Some people have walked away from the Lord Jesus Christ. Friends, divine delays can be a divine plan to check if you trust him. If he doesn't answer you at your time. If he does not answer your prayer request at your time, do you still trust him? Do you still love him? Will you stop praying? Will you stop reading? Will you stop coming to church? Do you trust him when you don't understand? Will you trust him when silence is screaming in your life? Mary and Martha went through such agony. They went through such pain, such anxiety, so much of hopelessness. So much of, so much of cry at the sickness of their only brother. And the only one they expected to come, didn't come. They did all the praying, all the trusting. Death is the end of all things. That's what people say. When you face death, all hope is gone. Nobody can help. Medical science cannot help. Your friends cannot help. Your family, your money, your contacts, the specialists, nobody can help. I have news for you. When you have done all you can and there's nothing more you can do, I encourage you to do one thing. Surrender. Surrender. Just say, Lord, I can't do no more. I don't understand it. I surrender 
to you. I surrender to you. And that's what Mary and Martha did. They took the body, took it to the tomb, buried him, put the stone, rolled the stone across the tomb. And said, listen, I can't do much. I'm done. I'm done. Some of us have put the stone over the tomb. And it's been buried for a long, long time. You think it is over. Some of you have done that for some of the issues you've been going through. You've rolled the stone over the tomb of your Lazarus. Four days later, Jesus comes to Bethany. Verse 17, on his arrival, Jesus found Lazarus had already been in the tomb four days. When Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went out to meet him, but Mary stayed at home. Lord Martha said to Jesus, if you had been here, my brother would not have died, but I know that even now, God will give you whatever you ask. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. And Mary comes with her theology. I know, I know, I've been to eschatology. I know, I know, I know he will rise on that last day. And this is where in the midst of our brokenness, in the midst of our hopelessness, in the midst of our struggle, the Lord is giving a facet of his revelation of who he is. He's telling Martha, Martha, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will live even though they die. And whoever lives by believing me will never die. Martha, do you believe this? It goes beyond your understanding. It goes beyond what you have learned. It's dead and gone. And the Lord is saying, I am the resurrection and the life. He is the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in Jesus. Listen, I have news. The one who believes in the Lord Jesus Christ will live even if you die. How many of you believe that? How many of you believe that? That even if you die, you will live again. You will live life eternal. I have come to give you life and life more abundantly. You know, in his earthly life, Jesus raised three people. I can think of him raising Jairus' daughter. She was just dead. In Luke chapter 8, verse 40. And also he raised the widow's son in Luke chapter 7. And he raised Lazarus of Bethany. Now I want you to imagine with me. Jairus' daughter in Luke chapter 8, she had just died. Her body was warm. But she, her spirit had gone. Jesus comes to her. And he asked her, he commands her to rise up and she rose again. Again, the widow's son. Now, widow's son was dead, probably dead for a couple of days. They probably embalmed him. And they were taking him from the house. He was already stiff. He was cold. He's been dead for one or two days. They're taking him to the tomb or the cemetery. And Jesus finds him on the way to the cemetery and raises him up. But Lazarus had been in the tomb four days. He was already stinking. He was already decaying. I mean, his body, there were, there were fluid coming all over. He was decaying. They, they, he was, uh, there was corruption setting in. Now, I want to ask you a question. Jairus' daughter, her body was warm. 
widow's son, her, his body was cold and stiff. Lazarus was already digging and stinking. Which of these is a better situation for a miracle? When the body is warm, when the body is stiff, or when the body is decaying, which is a better situation for a miracle? Come on. Tell me. When the body is warm. Stinking, huh? Really? How many of you say when the body is warm? I want you to try that. Friends, none of this is better because it is dead. When a person's life goes, whether they are freshly dead, two days dead, four days dead in the tomb, they are dead. They're equally impossible. What Jesus was trying to say is, he has power over death. He has power over death. No man could make such claim. He was no ordinary man. This is God in flesh. He never preached at a funeral. He always raised the dead. Hallelujah. He always raised the dead. If you believe, you will see the glory of God. That brings me to the final thing. I want to talk about the resurrection of Lazarus. Verse 38, Jesus once again moved deeply, came to the tomb. It was a cave with a stone laid across the entrance. Take away the stone, he said. But Lord, said Martha, the sister of the dead man, by this time there's a bad order, for he has been there four days. Jesus said, did I not tell you that if you believe, you will see the glory of God? So they took away the stone. Listen to this. Jesus looked up and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I know that you always hear me. But I said this for the benefit of the people standing here. There are many doubters. There are many uh, people that are curious. There are people that are investigating for the sake of all these people. I, I pray to you that you will do this. For the glory of your name. Amen. That they may believe you sent me. And when he said this, Jesus called in a loud voice. Lazarus, come out. And he comes. Bound. And he comes out. If Jesus has stood and just looked at the tomb and he said, come out. All the dead people would have come out. I'm glad he said, Lazarus, come out. Jesus knew this will not end in death. Now, just imagine, Jesus said, take off the grave clothes. He was dead and buried for four days. Corruption had set in, decay had set in. At the sound of the voice, corruption put on incorruption. What was sown in weakness was raised in power. Death was swallowed up in victory. Scripture never records what happened to Lazarus during the four days while he was in the tomb. I have a feeling he went to heaven. When he went to heaven, he probably met the other Lazarus. You remember the poor Lazarus and rich man? You remember that? He probably met him. And I'm just imagining. I'm just imagining. It's not in the scripture. Is a new inspired Burgess version, NIV. Okay. Now, 
he is standing there and he's also looking at this conversation between that Lazarus and the rich man in hell. And the rich man is saying, please send Lazarus to my father's house. If somebody raises from the dead, they will believe. You know, God does not send that Lazarus, but God sent this Lazarus who was dead for four days and he goes and preaches. And I'll tell you, the scripture says they were trying to kill him because they could not stand this miracle. They were trying to kill this Lazarus because because of this, many people were coming to faith. Gee, Lazarus was the only one who was dead who went to heaven and lived to tell a story. His life would have been drastically changed. His perspective was changed. He had a new purpose for living. He saw things from an eternal perspective. I wonder what he witnessed. I wonder what he shared. I wonder what excited him. He would tell people that Jesus is real. The heaven he spoke about is real. It still exists. Believe in him. Believe in him. Why did Jesus raise Lazarus from the dead? Number one, it was proof of who he, who he is. He's no ordinary person. He is God in flesh. I'm going to call the worship team. This is to say that this is the person sent from heaven. He can do things only God can do. It showed, number two, his absolute power over death and the devil. He always raised the dead. Listen, he is not only the way, he is not only the truth, but he is the life. He brings life eternal. And when there is absolute life, death cannot survive. Number three, he did this for the glory of God. People stood in awe at what God has done. Number four, he did this so people would put their faith in the Lord. Verse 45, therefore many of the Jews who had come to visit Mary and Martha to comfort them had seen what Jesus did and believed in him. Number five, this is to provide a guarantee for believers. It was a foreshadow of things to come. What he did to Lazarus and what he did through his death, burial, resurrection provides a guarantee for every child of God. Listen, someday when you and I leave this earth, we will enter into life eternal. Amen. I don't know if you heard the story. Uh, I want you to watch a movie. <laughs> Some of you will do that, I know. But listen, pastor is telling you to watch a movie. There is a movie, it's called Ni 90 Minutes in Heaven. You can write it down. It's a movie. There is a book called 90 Minutes in Heaven. It's written by Don Piper. Don Piper was a preacher who was killed in a car crash. And his spirit left his body and went up. And then he comes back. And while his spirit went up, he could see another preacher coming and laying hands on his body and praying that God will bring his life. When Don Piper went to heaven, he saw his Sunday school teacher. He saw his relative. He saw families he knew. By the way, John Piper is still alive. He's still alive. And he was actually upset as the man who was praying to bring his life back. When his life finally came back, for the next several months, he was in ICU and he was getting sutured up. He was, he was going through such pain and agony and he was not happy that that man prayed. Listen, I have news for you. If somebody goes to heaven, will you please let them? Please let them. Don't bring them back to this world of sin 
and of Satan and struggle. They go to life eternal. For your joy, why should they miss heaven? To keep you happy, why should they miss heaven? When somebody goes, let them. His raising Lazarus from the dead is a guarantee for every child of God. Listen, if you know Jesus as your savior, you have guarantee that you will live forever with the Lord. Amen. In heaven. That's a guarantee my word gives and I believe it with all my heart. But number six, it's also proof that Jesus himself will rise again. He did this miracle a few days before his death uh, and resurrection. And he was showing them. He told many times he will die, but nobody believed him. Finally, he had to show uh, 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 an object lesson. He had to show a real life example. And this is what is going to happen. Lazarus died, he was buried, and he rose again. I will die, I will be buried, I will rise again. Jesus was telling the people, it can happen, it will happen. He has conquered death and the devil. He's conquered sin and sickness. He reigns victorious. He's alive forevermore. Can somebody shout hallelujah? Hallelujah! The Bible does not share much about Lazarus after he was raised from the dead. Tradition says that, one tradition says that he and his sisters moved to Cyprus where he became the bishop of Kittion and Kition and died of natural causes in AD 63. But another theory says Lazarus and his sisters went to Gaul and he became the bishop of Marcellus in southern France where he was beheaded under the tyranny of Emperor Domitian. Whatever happened to Lazarus, this is what I want to say. He lived, he died, he was buried, he rose again. He lived, he died, he was buried, and he rose again to eternal life. Amen? That sums up Lazarus. It proves who he is. As I close this message, I want to talk to you. Friends, it all began. They experienced a... a, a a profound miracle, a significant miracle, but it all began with a relationship. I want to give you a chance right now. Do you have peace with God? Do you have peace with God? Do you have a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ? If you don't, I want to give you an opportunity to give your heart to him. If you give your heart to him, remember, even if he delays, he is there. He will be there with you. There is a guarantee of life eternal. There's a guarantee of every sin forgiven. So friends, if there is anyone here that want to get right with God, you don't feel right in your spirit, I want you to lift your hands. Let's pray. Our time is up and I want to be quick. Anybody that want to lift your hands, that want to give your heart, yes, I see your hands. I see your hands. I see many hands here. Anybody else? Anybody else that want to get right with God, this is your time. Yes, I see your hands. I see your hands. I see your hands. I see your hands, many hands, up on the balcony. May I request you to close your eyes. And everyone that lifted your hand, may I ask you to stand, please. I would request you to stand wherever you are. You want to give your heart to Jesus. Is there anyone else that will have the courage to stand and acknowledge him as your Savior and Lord? 
I would request one of our CASA leaders to find your way to one of these people standing up. CASA leaders, if you're there, come and stand with these friends. Quickly, 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 CASA leaders. Find your way to anyone near you. Find your way to anyone near you. Friends, if you're standing, I want you to have a time when you can get right with God. And I want you to give your heart to Jesus Christ. I want you to lift your hand. Will you do that? If you are standing, just lift your hand and let's pray. I want you to pray this after me. Dear Jesus, Dear Jesus I thank you for the life of Lazarus. Though you delayed, you raised him from the dead. You came from heaven. You were born as a human being. You lived and died. You shed your precious blood for the forgiveness of every sin. Lord Jesus, I'm a sinner. I don't have peace with God. I need peace with God. Come into my heart. Wash me of every sin. Make me new again. I want to follow you the rest of my life. Thank you for saving me. I will live for you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name. Friends, I want to talk to those who are down, those who are seated. Sometimes you prayed and you have sensed a divine delay. I want to encourage you to trust Him. Even when your silence is deafening, even when you don't hear much from heaven, I want you to trust Him. Will you do that? I just want you to lift your hand wherever you're seated. Lift your hand. You have not found the answers, but will you tell Him, Lord, I don't understand everything, but I trust you. Tell him, tell him right now. Tell him right now. I don't understand everything, but I trust you. I trust you, Lord. I trust you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Father, today, thank you for your word that has come to us. I pray for everybody here, Lord. There are moments of a Lazarus situation that comes to our life and we are faced with a challenge. We cry out to you and we don't find a miracle coming our way at a time when we need it and the way we assume it to be. God, help us to trust you. Help us to trust you when heaven is, and Lord, it seems it is delayed. It doesn't happen in our time. Help us to trust you. I pray that you encourage us in our spirits this morning. In Jesus' name. Thank you for taking time to listen. If you would like more information about our church or would like to make a comment, please mail us at info at newlifeag.in. God bless you.